and welcome back to Simple United. This time we are looking forward to the Southampton match on Sunday afternoon. I don't know if anyone noticed in the last podcast how seamlessly edited it was. If I'm being honest, I had an absolute nightmare. Uh, I had like eight bits and needed cutting out and trimming and it just it got to like midnight and I listened to it three, four times. I thought, oh, that'll just do. So that's how it ended up. Um, but here we are. Onwards on to the next one. It'll get better. I have a few of it. Um, so yeah, Manchester United versus Southampton. Very interesting um, because this weekend is probably uh, our strongest squad. We've got lots of people returning. Um, Cavani will be available. Varane's actually now in the squad and he's trained with the first team. And Sancho has all the way had 15 minutes. He's now been integrated in the squad fully, so I'd fully expect him to start. So looking to have another strong game, build up on last week's immense result against Leeds, thrashing them 5-1. Um, looking at Southampton's previous result, they lost 3-1 to Everton. So no doubt they'll be wanting to bounce back, especially on home turf with the fans back. Um, every team is yet to experience that first home game back where it's just going to be immense and the home fans are cheering them on. Um, it obviously really gives them a G up. United had a G up. I mean, apparently uh, that's the loudest crowd for X number of years at, uh, at Old Trafford. I think it was since 2017, 18, something like that. It's the loudest home crowd. So it just shows what a difference that the fans do make. Um, so that's obviously going to be in Southampton's favour, but no disrespect to him, I'm not that worried. You know, the last time out, it was a freak result with Thrasham 9-0. Um, and the time before that, I think it was 3-2. I think that's where Cavani came to the rescue. He's header right at the end um, to, to win it 3-2. But either way, I'm not I'm not that uh, worried. But yeah, another strong start for United. Get another three points on the board. Um, and as well as that, there's this all-important away uh, run on the line. So if we were to actually avoid defeat, um, we'd be 27 games unbeaten, which is to match Arsenal's uh, all-time record uh, set in 2004, between 2003 and 2004. So it's quite an important... I mean, I, I know that they won't be having that. All you won't be saying, like, listen, this I want this, this record because the result is the win. You know, the way we perform, the way that we are as a team, it's far more important than that. But be some record to have. Um... So that's quite exciting because that's on the line. And like I say, this 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 is probably going to be the pick of the bunch. Probably, he's got a lot of players that he can he can utilize. So he could probably put Cavani straight in. Um, like I say, Sancho. For me, looking at last week's team, Oli's not going to be one of these that'll just go mad and be like, oh, I'll put uh, I'll put Sancho in, I'll put Cavani in, I'll put um, Varane in, I'll put um, I don't know, I'll try. The, Van der Beek or whatever. I just don't think he's that mad. So he'll probably do something like two changes maybe. He'll maybe put... I think Sancho would probably be a starter purely because he's been bought to be a first-team player. He's better than what we had against Leeds, which was Dan James. And so for me, it'd just be a straight swap. I don't think there's any debate in that. Um, So Sancho would come straight in and get 90 minutes. And then I, I, I think the same with Varane, though. You know, I think Varane, as good as Lindelof was and as good as his assist was um, last week, I think Varane walks straight in uh, to, to partner Maguire. So I, I'd like to see Varane and Sancho start. 
obviously you can never tell like sometimes Ollie likes to play it safe and just not upset the balance and or anything if it worked last time you know if it ain't broke don't fix it sort of thing but um yeah it's quite interesting as well because um obviously he played McFred which I don't think anyone really expected there was a few murmurs around the ground when uh, before the game kicked off when the team news came out last week about McFred um I just think that um it's quite interesting because on on the flip side, pre season, and especially against Burnley uh, midweek, he he plays. He's been playing Van der Beek and Matic, so I'm curious to know if that's something that he's planning on rolling with at some point, uh, or if that was just purely to to rest legs uh, for his tried and tested go to uh, Freddie McTominay. And um, but it'd be interesting to see that. Like I say, I mean, you know, if you if you uh, if you was to make the changes I've just mentioned there, that's like what that's Cavani in, Sancho in, Varane in, Van der Beek and Matic. That's five changes. He's not going to do that. Oh, he's just not going to do that. So it's highly unlikely. It's probably going to be near enough the same, but with like probably two changes. Um, because you know Greenwood did amazing, and so to be saying like you know good effort last last week, lad, cheers for the goal. Cavani's back, putting on bench because actually we've got Sancho in your place now on that right wing, where you would have been. Um, so yeah, interesting. Um, again, but they played against Burnley behind closed doors midweek. One three one. Marshall scored. Bit of a fluke. Came off Maguire. Maguire. It's good to see Maguire actually getting up and getting his head on stuff in an effective manner. Like last season, he got his head on stuff. And it was almost like he was cushioning it to the to the keeper, the opposition keeper, and stuff. It's almost like he was in his own area, sort of like playing it. to to the keeper, which was quite annoying at times. You, you, you just want to see him attack the ball with some velocity and absolutely ping it at the goal. But it's good to see that he's already um, got a goal with his head uh, pre-season. Um, and he's... Well, this this was going in until it hit the back of Martial. But yeah, I think it went down as Martial's goal. And Lingard scored another good goal. Um, back to the team selection. You know, would you would you chuck Lingard in? I know that there's talks with moving to West Ham. They've resurfaced and they've got quite a bit of traction behind them now. But would you not play him? Like obviously that left hand position was occupied by Pogba, who played an absolute blinder. So again, you probably won't drop him. But that left until Rashford's back, that left wing position is open to interpretation. Really, like you could experiment on that side. Um. So maybe Lingard on that side or Martial. See Martial was although he tried to be a you know a strike out and out striker last year, and was a bit ineffective, um, and then unfortunately got the injury. I always feel like when you play Martial on the left, he he actually looks like he can do stuff. He actually looks a bit of a threat. He looks a bit dangerous on the left wing. I'd rather, I'd much rather prefer to see Martial on the left wing than up front basically. So you could probably put him on there, but then obviously that's where does Pogba go? And then there's this. This whole debate where, you know, where's Pogba most effective and can he play in the centre of the park? Yes, he can in the Fernandez role, but you're not going to take Fernandez out, are you? So then it's like, well, he has to drop a bit further back and he ends up in the, the DM position, which, as he's openly admitted, he doesn't like defending. So then you're going to need to partner him with someone that will do the dirty work. And I just think, it, yeah, too many headaches, I think. Um, so we don't know, but. Back to the scorers, Fred again. So Fred's got two goals. The end is nigh, and we're going to win the league. That's it. All the all the signs are there. Um, and yeah, the scousers can thank us 
come the weekend uh, for me uh, when they when they beat Burnley because we bloody ran them ragged first and fucking give them tight legs. But um, yeah, I'm very confident against uh, Southampton. You know, I, I was actually surprised at that um, the Burnley game even happened. I was completely unaware of it. I just said that there was a behind closed doors friendly, and then I seen that. Um, I think it was Stratford Paddock actually put on some footage because one of the lads had gone on a stadium tour and uh, they'd let him watch because they couldn't access the changing rooms and stuff they let him watch the first half so he was just sat in the stands watching the, the game and he, he recorded some footage and so I've seen bits it's in the goals uh, for the most part um, but, but yeah very interesting I think it's something to do with the Preston North End game being cancelled due to the Covid scare that we had pre-season which luckily it turned out to be nothing but uh that's that's that another friendly in, uh, some more. I mean, it's good for uh, Van der Beek, just specifically, because well, I, I suppose on Martial as well. But the, you know, Van der Beek gained nowhere near the pitch last year, and he's made. It seems like he's making a real effort. He's bulking up. He's trying new gym regimes, and he's 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 really trying to make an effort. Where he fits in to the main squad is another thing, and the transfer window's not all uh, shut yet. And there's still talk of another midfielder coming in. We're being linked to players left, right, centre now. Um, I'm not even going to attempt to say his name. I can't, well, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he was a jumble of letters. Played for Monaco. Linked with him at the start of this week. Centre mid, I think he was. Never heard of him in my life. Linked to him. And everyone comes out, oh, he's amazing. Let's get him signed. I was like, never heard of him. Um... So I think it's just going to be like that. I think, cause I, I think at the end of the day, all these players that are getting linked, it all comes down to that Ollie wanted Rice, I think. And he won't buy anything else unless he gets what he wants. You know, we could have bought another right winger last year. Didn't. And then waited for Sancho, waited another 12 months, got the, got the player that Ollie wanted. So I think that's... Play the hard ball, play the long game. But then again, you know this this if um, West Ham are wanting Lingard, why not? Why not make a deal with, with don't have to get Rice the other way? Um, but that's that's what that's when West Ham seem to lock down the hatches. Like oh yeah, we fancy Lingard, all right, all right then. So we'll have, you, you can have Lingard, we'll have Rice. Obviously cash cash as well included, and we'll sort it out there. Oh no no no, it's hundred million for Rice or nothing. Fuck off then. Um. But anyway, forward to the Southampton game. Uh, I'm going for a 2-0 win. I mean, I, I, I just think if Varane starts with Maguire, the way that Luke Shaw's playing as well, and Wan-Bissaka, that back forward is supreme, and I just think we'll hold fast, um, defend well, keep him out. I think um, we'll just have too much for them. And I, th- I think um, I could, could, see, could see a scoring from... You know, Maguire, you know, set-piece type thing. But I think their th- biggest threat would be if, we, if they got, like, a dangerous free kick. Um, you know, Bob Prowse is, is unbelievable on free kicks. I think that was probably the biggest threat we'll have. Um, but, yeah, I think we'll just be comfortable in this game. I think we'll be 2-0 winners. He's probably going to be more. But, you know, I'd like to say another 5-1. That'd be bloody immense. But, yeah, I think 2-0 and then... Um, It'll be on to the next one. What's the next one after that? Wolves. Wolves away. Yeah. And hey, then we could break the record. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Um, but then, uh, yeah, so me, I'd like to see... I, I think... So I pre- 
basically for the team, I think there's a predicted lineup, and I think there's a lineup that I'd like to see. So the, the predicted lineup, I think, realistically, like I said before, he's just going to stick it stick to his guns. It'll be De Gea, Shaw, Maguire, possibly put Varane straight in, Wan Bissaka. Then he'll go Fred McTominay again, Pogba on the left, and then he'll go Fernandez as always, Sancho on the right, and I think he'll just put Cavani up front. Maybe instead of Greenwood, because he did say in his press conference a couple of days ago, uh, a day ago, a couple of days ago, that Cavani's back, fit, ready to go, and he said, "Let's see what we can get out of him, um, like from the get go, sort of thing." So that makes me sound like he's just going to chuck him in, and see how he gets on. Say the first half, first half, and then maybe uh, put Greenwood in because Greenwood was unbelievable. I'd like to see Greenwood actually being the alternate striker rather than going on the right wing um, because he's not going to get looking up front. Now's a good time to do it. I mean, I, I think ultimately, you know, Cavani's going to leave at the end of this season and I think then we will look to bring in another striker. So unfortunately, Greenwood's in this weird phase where he can't quite be the main man yet because of his age. I know age isn't everything because, you know, you look at Rooney coming on the scene as good and as dominant as he was and Haaland's doing something like that now and Bappe did. But everyone's different. It's not a linear progression, is it? And I think uh, Green was 19. He's getting there. He's he's a killer. But I think, you know, you look at Cavani compared to Greenwood. And Cavani's got their like, mad runs off the off the shoulder. And he just looks like a dominant presence. He looks like, he looks like he'd knock shit out of you, basically. And Greenwood doesn't quite look like that yet. So, unfortunately for him, I feel like at the end of the season, when Cavani goes, we'll then look to bring in another striker similar to Cavani, you know, similar dominance, which unless Greenwood hits, you know, Greenwood 3.0, which is going to happen. It will inevitably happen because he's an incredible player. He's like a wonder kid. Um, He's going to have to look between being second choice striker or a rotational striker or he'll end up on that right wing again probably, but then you've got Sancho and he just causes all these headaches. Um, So yeah, I think he'll probably give Cavani a a blast on, on Sunday. And I've got. I think he'll score, Cavani. He just, I just think he's got it in him. And I want to hear the United fans singing the new chant. Um, we all know it. He loves it. Um, I think there's, there's a video on MUTV uh, of him being appreciative of it. He definitely shared it on Twitter, saying uh, that he loved it. Um, it's awful to hear that being blasted out, especially when we get to uh, back to Old Trafford on the 11th of September. And it's against Newcastle. That'll be game. Absolutely belted out. Um, but then we go. So that'll be that. Uh, I think 2-0. I think. And it'll be done. Done just on to the next one. Um, the interesting thing is next week as well is um, the Champions League draw next Thursday, which is interesting. I can't get too much de- information on it really. Uh, I sort of I had a look and seen that I could, all I could find out was who was in pot one. And it's Atletico Madrid, Bayern Munich, Inter Milan, Lille, Sporting and Villarreal. Um, so out of them, who would you want? Personally, I think we just get just get Bayern Munich. Just, just get it out of the way. Get them in. You can always finish second and go through. I know it's not ideal. But, you know, you get, get Munich in your group. You look to top the group like everyone would. Can't get any worse than last year's attempt. Let's not talk about the Istanbul game. And Dembaba, let's not talk about it. But you get Bayern Munich in. If you come out on top, perfect. If not, you come second. Obviously, you'll get a difficult team 
in the, the next round, but you've got to go through them all at some point. Same with the bloody Euros back then. It, you know, speculating like, oh, well, if we lose this game, or if we finish second, or we finish this, we'll get this team and it'll be an easier run. I'm like, well, you're going to end up meeting the top boys in the end anyway, so you may as well just do it. Um, and if we have Bayern Munich in our group, it means that we won't bump into them until later down the line again. So, I just think, just, just have it. Let's just do it. Get Bayern, and I don't know how the rest of it works, if I'm being honest, the seeds and stuff. Um, but I'd like to see a very good run in this uh, Champions League this year. I think last year was a shambles, and we weren't from looking like we were going to qualify on top of that group, piece of piss. Big results against Leipzig, uh, beating PSG again, and then it was just like... The second second round of games came around and we were just nowhere to be seen and that is some old games like um and that was it done but then on the flip side of that we went out of the Europa League and should have won that had a really good run good games against Milan we didn't have any an easy route per se we went to do Milan we went to do Roma and ultimately it came down to probably one of the easiest games of that cup run and we fucked it. Um, but this is the season. This is the season, and I think there's, I think there's silverware on the horizon. I really do. Um. So yeah, onto the bit, just to fill in the last bit here. Really, a bit of transfer gossip. Really, there's quite a bit going on. Um, there was a lot of chat about Ronaldo. There was um, um. There was like a Spanish news outlet. Apparently, they were the ones that was first on the scene about um, Ronaldo to Madrid, Ronaldo to leave Madrid. Um, I can't remember what else it was. It was all the big stuff, bail to Madrid, all the big Madrid stuff, basically. And uh, they were saying that there was like exciting news breaking and I was like straight on it. I was like, right, okay, so I set reminders and stuff. And um, I think it was United Report on Twitter. They were straight on it as well and they were like, well, you know, if you want, we'll, if, if the, you know, if our followers want, we'll, update you on it and I was like definitely so I just could sleep silently then so I just put the notifications on and it was supposedly breaking around midnight I stayed until midnight still nothing still delayed so I, I sacked it off went to sleep and uh, I'm glad I didn't stay up because it was about 2am it broke and United report put it out and all it said was oh Ancelotti wants uh, Ronaldo back in Madrid well, well that's not fucking breaking news is it Um. So I was like, right, well, that's that. But then what other also came out of that was Ronaldo to City, Man City. And apparently his agent had offered him to Man City. Now how much truth in that there is? Because originally it was shot down all over social media. But then it's got a bit of weight to it. I mean, obviously Ronaldo's got more respect than that. He wouldn't ever do that to, to United. I don't think he'd ever do it. And I certainly wouldn't do it to Fergie. Um... So I feel like that's something that wouldn't happen anyway. But the fact that his agent would have done that, and if there's any truth in it, his agent is an absolute slap. Um, but there's still then speculation that he's going to leave Juventus. So that's an interesting one. I mean, obviously every United fan would love him back, I think. Um, you know, you get the, we get the piss taken out of it because people think that we've just basically put, United, uh, put Ronaldo on loan since he left United. He's never actually been sold. And that one day he will come back. Yeah, which would be nice, but I think he's like 37 now. 36, 37. So if he doesn't do it in the next year or two, 
two tops probably. It'll never happen. Um, and I don't really want him coming back for one season just for the fucking sake of it. I'd rather, I mean, like Cavani's getting, at least we've got two seasons out of Cavani and it looks like he could fire us to something silverware-wise. Ronaldo's obviously still got it in him. He's still elite. But I don't want him to come back for 12 months and be like, right, I'm back, you know, finish where I started and all that stuff. Um. So, yeah, a bit of a weird one with Ronaldo. Uh, but the, to be fair to him, he did come out and put a statement and he, he said that basically if, if you don't come from his mouth, it's not true. So just ignore everything that you're reading, which is good. Um, so we might keep on him, see what's going on there. Um, Lewandowski has asked for a challenge away from Bayern Munich. That's a wild one. I'm only saying that because we're on about hunting for a striker next year for definite. Because obviously Haaland's been linked to us because of the the uh, connection with Oli from Mulder. Uh, and his, his release clause is active next year, so everyone's going to be hunting for him. Everyone will be all over him next year. Um, but there's obviously Mbappe, but Mbappe is on about running down his contract and going to Madrid. I actually don't want Mbappe at United. I just don't think he'd see us. Haaland probably would. Um, but I'm not saying I want Lewandowski. I'm just saying that him now asking for a change away from Bayern Munich may throw a spanner in the works for Harry Kane to City. And City may go for Lewandowski. And I would prefer Kane, of all the strikers available, at United. So, it, yeah, it could be a bit of a merry-go-round that. Um, but again, 100 million plus. You know, everything's 100 million this year, isn't it? Everything's 100 million. Basically, no matter what calibre a player is, if the club have got him in their starting 11 and they deem him important, 100 million quid. It's it's ridiculous. Um, other deals that I've been trying to keep tabs on, Ahmad Diallo, uh, it's all about going out on loan. It's up in the air with that one because one minute we're keeping him, one minute we're not keeping him. Um, it was the same with Langer. Uh, well, and Polisri, to be fair, because Polisri turned up at the club um, having been promised first-team football, instantly put on loan, came back, played pre-season, uh, played against Brentford, uh, scored against Derby, and then he's gone on loan again to the same team. Is it Alaves or something? Uh, he's he's gone there again for another season but I think he actually requested that so I don't think there's any animosity of that but then Ahmad Diallo came in great goal against uh, AC Milan sort of thinking well, he's, he's getting put on the in the first team squad for match days now same with like Sharatire and uh, uh, Alanga started to appear towards the end of the season and I feel like it seemed to, but towards the last couple of games it just seemed a bit like well, why have you done that because they're not really getting a look in there. They're getting like 10 minutes here and there. Um, but yeah, I was surprised that Diallo would be looking for a loan. Um, whether that was his choice or not, I don't know. Um, but he was linked to Sheffield United. Now, he's since, I think, said he would prefer it to be a Premier League team. And he certainly doesn't want to go to a team that he's not going to get first team football in. He's going to play, not to just be an asset and possibly be used. That's the same with Brandon Williams. Brandon Williams is supposedly going to Norwich. But apparently United are looking for a clause to be put in so that he's guaranteed first-team football. So again, he's not just going and warming seats. Um, so then um, PSG and Pogba, that's still going on. Obviously, they've now got the Messi and the super squad 
going on up there, um, which isn't as perfect as you might think. So I'm sure Mbappe is trying to leave, despite the fact that they've got some epic team now. Um, he wants to be like the main man, I think. So he wants to go to Madrid and maybe build a team around him and be somewhere else. But either way, he's put the Pogba deal on the back burner. Um, Pogba's not said he wants to leave. He's not said that he's going to leave. He's going to stay. But he said that he's open to signing a new contract. But between now and the end of his contract, he's going to obviously see how things go. Um, whether, whether we brought Varane in more to keep Pogba than his actual uh, credentials is another thing. I'm sure it's because of how good he is, but uh, it's just uh, there's quite a few French lads in the team now, and then that more happy that more happy Pogba is the berries from Manchester United. Um, but to sweeten um, the deal to Pogba and to sort of get him interested, PSG are supposedly offering him six hundred thousand euros a week to leave on a free, which would mean him running down his contract this year and then leaving in the summer next year for nothing. Um, but the debate around Pogba is always as bloody good as he is. Like last week, he's proved how truly epic he is on his day. If he doesn't want to be there, let him go. Even though we're going to miss out like 89 million quid down the Swanee because we're not getting anything back on him. If he wants to go, let him go. And he's got that dickhead man, um, agent. And the sooner he's gone, the better. But then again, you know, you bring Haaland in, you've got him again. So... Riola's going to be floating around either which way, I think. Depends on what happens. Um, but anyway, that's one for next season. But it's very interesting to keep on it. The PSG do seem very keen. I think if the Messi deal hadn't gone ahead, they'd have probably been really putting pressure on the, the Pogba deal. So that's lucky for us, really. Um, and, yeah, the Lingard to West Ham, that's picking up a bit of traction again. Uh, I think he's keen on the move because I think he actually... I think he realises that there's a fair bit of depth to this squad now and he's probably not going to get into that one position that crops up every now and again because there'll be two players ahead of him now. Um, and the the rumour that Phil Jones refused to give up his number four to Varane, I, I highly doubt it. There's a lot, of, a lot of it came out saying that Phil Jones refused to give up the number four and Varane asked for the number four. So Varane had to... Uh, compromise and call for a number he didn't want at all um, but I don't see that being any truth because when Sancho turned up apparently Sancho asked for number 7 which was obviously occupied by Cavani but all he had said to Sancho I'm not going to ask Cavani to give up his number not until he's gone You know, it, obviously the difference is Cavani would probably know he's going to go in a year so Sancho's only got to hang fire for a year before he gets to number 7 ultimately Phil Jones, pfft, who knows? He's been there. He's, I, I think he's, he is part of the foundation of Old Trafford now. He's just literally got roots and he's not going anywhere. Um, so how long you you have to wait for that number four? I don't know. Um, but that's the same with when Ronaldo left to uh, Madrid. Um, I'm not sure who had the number seven at Madrid at the time, but he had to wait 12 months to get his number seven choice at, um, at Real Madrid. It's only fair. It's only respectful. You know, you've come in. Yes, you've got credentials, and yes, uh, you're far more talented than Phil Jones. But if your managers to come in and be like, "Listen, mate, I know you've been on the operating table for a few few years now. We're taking that shirt off you. I'm giving it to Varane." It's just 
shit on that player as terrible as he may be and as disregarded by even the fans as he may be I think I just don't see Elliot doing that he's too much of a nice guy um, so yeah I think that's about it but um, here we go looking forward to Southampton again um, um, I'll do a pod hopefully quicker than last time this time and seamless smoother better executed come on the United 2-0 6 points shoot us back to the top of that table see you next time